Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. His legacy to a lot of Giant fans, tell me if I'm wrong here, was the pick that was made. The decision uh, that was made no, to draft a... You I, agree with me, Sean? I absolutely agree with you. And Tiki, you can push back on this. He will always be remembered to me as the one player that you could simultaneously say at the same time was a good to great player and a mistake of a pick. And because of that, we're going to lean the negative. That that pick, in theory, in Giant okay, fans, so had set the, the Giants he's back. He's the fourth all-time leading rusher in giant history right now, right? Yeah. And so he's had some some unbelievable seasons. His rookie year obviously was amazing. When rookie of the year, everybody wanted the Saquon jersey. Last year, he had a couple of good seasons. Last year was, was another uh, great one. It's one of the catalysts why they got to the postseason. And let's say he plays, I don't know, two more years. And he has seasons like this in between last year and this year. And he retires. And he's, you know, close to 10,000 or at 10,000 yards. Maybe, hell, maybe he breaks my record. Who, who knows? My rushing record. If from when I retired, which was 17 years ago, 17 seasons ago, who else made you feel that way as a runner? Who else? No one, but that's, exactly. but that's so, really putting it in a microcosm. But like, that's the point. I, I'll look back and I'll microcosm. But that's the point. Like, you're getting into the micro details. That's the point. Yeah. That's that's my point. I, I'd rather have a mod Bradshaw so, than so Saquon. If, if you're a Saquon Barkley and you go someplace else, and you're Raheem Mostert, say you rush for twenty touchdowns, like he's like twenty or whatever it is he has, Mostert has in Miami. Is he an all time great in Miami? If they win the Super Bowl, is he? If they win the Super Bowl, and, and I think that's the answer with Saquon, like. Hmm. If the Giants next year go to the NFC Championship game, if the Giants in two years, with Saquon being a part of it, win a Super Bowl or have some kind of sustained success, I think this conversation is different. Right Right now, when you look at his six-year career, he's been a part of one winning team. So his legacy, the way I take it, which I guess I'm on the same page with a diehard Giant fan, is his legacy is more about where he was selected mm. and who they didn't draft but that's not than anything fault. else. But, I'm not saying it's his not, fault. But that's not his fault. But nobody's it's not. saying it's his fault. That's just the reality. It may not be his fault. It's just the reality. Mm. I don't see it that way. Take I, it. I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, think, I think as a player, you do the best with the circumstances that you have. And he has. Right? Has he been perfect? No. Not as a runner. Sometimes he danced too much early. Yep. Right? But we saw it develop a couple years ago. He started to become, use his power. Right? And it, and it helped this team develop a new identity. He's a leader in the locker room. Like, these intangible things that we don't want to talk about because we only want to evaluate statistics, you, you, can't, you can't measure. And so... But you know what you also can't measure? 
the emotion of that decision that Dave Gettleman made. And you're right. It sucks because Saquon did nothing wrong. No mm-hmm. one's saying he did. But right now, and he's six years into his career, maybe he'll spend 10 years here. Maybe he can rewrite that. But there's gonna a lot's going to have to happen to rewrite the main legacy of Saquon Barkley being where he was drafted. Yeah, and that's winning. Ultimately, it's yeah, winning. Yes. If you win and you're part of it, then people don't care about all that other stuff. Right, Tiki, you laid out that scenario with Saquon the next couple of years. If he does that, Giant fans, I'm a Giant fan. I still hold Brandon Jacobs in a higher regard as him. Because Brandon of the championships? Won. The way he ran the championships, Bradshaw, the same thing. Hmm. You got to win, especially when you root for the Giants where it's about winning. We I hold people win. to different standards. No, I we, didn't win. No, no. You're the all-time leading rusher of yeah, the but Giants. I didn't win. Tiki, I could close my eyes. Oh, this sounds weird now. Picture, and picture like five moments I could rattle off where I'm like, Tiki Barber gave me some memory there. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, Saquon has all these stats. At the Viking playoff game, like, I, he has all of these big runs. I don't really, and I've watched all of them, mm-hmm. remember or get, like, a fuzzy feeling about him. Also, you were on constant playoff teams. He's been on one playoff yep. team. So you don't have to win a championship. Yeah. But that's I why know, if, I know what you're saying. But if Saquon stays and they draft a new quarterback, and even if it's the tail end of his career, and he builds that foundation and they make another two playoffs with him and right. they don't quite win the championship, same kind of deal, I think you hold him to a much higher regard. Right. So here, here's, the, here's the one thing, and this is, this is my mistake even though I was ready to go to the next thing. I didn't think the Giants were close to being a championship team. And so it was just kind of like, yeah, do I really want to do this anymore? Like, I'm tired of training to get beat up, right? 400-plus touches a year. One of those years, I think, I had 422 total touches. It's a lot. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. The Giants aren't really close. You know what? I'm ready for the next step. Do you think the Giants are ready for that next step? Do you think that they're close? No. Everybody says no, but if you take the right quarterback, which is going right. to be our pound of the table, right. it changes like that because right. those teams that do hit, it right. changes and like so, that. And so if they are, which I think they are as well, Sean, I agree with you. You think they are? I think they're closer to the next step than people want to give well, how, What's the next step? Making the playoffs or winning a Super Bowl? Making the playoffs and going and like winning games in playoffs. Okay. I think that's right. different, by the way. Like right. I thought you meant championship. No. Okay. I mean – and making the playoffs, I don't think it's that. Hell, I think the Ravens are winning <laughs> six championships it, in a row. It's just <laughs> getting in the circle with the Cowboys, right. Eagles, and 49ers. Getting in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's really what I'm talking about. I think they are. And if Saquon's here, they are better. They have a better chance of doing that. No, I agree with that. With him than without him. Oh, that's the sound that we are supposed to bring up the Jets quitting. Good well, call, Lugie. Yeah, mm. there we go, They team. did not quit in any Well, hold on. Let me just say this real quick. <laughs> Yesterday on the show... I, as a Jet fan, was very, very disgusted and concerned that last Thursday against the Browns, the Jets quit. It looked like a defense that let go of the rope. It did not look like a defense that was being exposed by Joe Flacco. It looked to me, as a fan, like a defense that gave up. Sauce Gardner made business decisions. Tiki Barber, as a former athlete, defended it and saying, well, you know, why risk getting hurt? I defended the first one. (laughs) And I wanted to see it later in the game where he just kind of just was not into it. Just not late. But I did tell Tiki, hey, if you've got time tomorrow night or last night. I got a homework assignment yesterday from Evan. I gave him a homework assignment. Homework? He had a choice. Go through every Jet Brown play and see if the Jets quit or watch the Rangers suck up Madison Square Garden. And he said, you know what? I don't need to see that. Yeah. Black guys don't ski or don't skate. <laughs> Even though there actually are a ton of black guys in the NHL right now. Keandre Miller's on the There way. are a ton of them. <laughs> there are a ton. I also gave you the option to watch the Brooklyn Net game, and you wisely yeah. said, why waste my time on that? Nine-nothing, I already knew the result. The Nets wasted their time on that. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. 
And so you decided to go through every defensive play I and did. then inform us if the Jets actually quit. So the biggest issue in this game was David and Joko. Yes. And the Eagle, uh, not the Eagles, the uh, the Browns and Kevin Stefanski knew it. They knew that if they played zone, we could just pick them apart and throw them little check downs and get five or six, maybe 12 yards. And if they played man, it was going to be C.J. Mosley. And they took advantage they of it. They picked on C.J. Mosley. They really did. And so they did that early. And then as the game started to, well, first of all, the game didn't get out of hand until Trevor Simeon threw the, threw the pick six. Yes. Right? It was 13 to seven. It was 13-7, yeah. It was 13-7. Brown scored on their first two drives right? at touchdown. They drive. hold, right? They get yep. a turnover on downs. The Jets do. Yep. Right? In the tight red area. They get two big runs from, not big, but, you know, two positive runs from Brees Hall. And then it's a pick six. And it's like, oh, here we go. And this this game's going to fall apart. But the Jets didn't fall apart. They just got unlucky because the Browns are big playmakers. And they keep just, they keep, you know, throwing it at you. Yes, Joe Flacco's going to make some mistakes as he ultimately threw another threw an interception, which is I think is like sixth one or seventh one so far this season and only five starts. But they just keep going at you. But eventually, after the lead was so big, that's when you say, all right, this game's going to get to 50. This game's going to become what the Baltimore Ravens did to the Miami Dolphins. It never got that way, right? The Jets kept playing in the second half despite being down by 17. So I, I know it felt like that, but... It didn't look like that. Just because of the score, you'd say they quit. But on tape, they didn't. Okay. Guess what? I'm going to surprise you right now. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm going to say I accept your answer. Thank you. You did the research. You put me in my place. Hmm? You said I watched the tape. You didn't. Shut your mouth, redhead. (laughs) I watched every play. They didn't quit. They just sucked. Is that what you... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yes. I accept. I accept. I I mean, at some point, right, Michael Carter has a ball... That literally hits him in his hands. Yeah, and, and Elijah Mitchell catches it. Yeah, like, I, like how does that happen? I think and so. That, it's not not trying. It's just not being good enough. I think what was difficult, and I admit, I watch games through a fan's eyes. Yeah, I'm a Jet fan on a Thursday night at Disney World watching Jets Browns because I'm a loser, and it felt, especially when this defense had been so stout all season long. Yeah. Like, I'm not telling you they're the 85 Bears are the best defense in the NFL, but they had incredible performances this year in which they did everything they could to lead this mediocre offense. Mediocre is being nice. Yeah. Lead this putrid offense and remain in games. And they beat the Philadelphia Eagles before it looked right. not as impressive. And so I guess it was just so difficult to watch Joe Flacco and David Njoku pair that, just tear them apart on those first two opening drives and make it feel like, oh, yeah, it's just they're not playing well. Mm-hmm. It felt different. It was just a great game plan. Okay. 